So I had, I had friends who gave me a pair of underwear with a, a little heart sewn into it and the words, I love Graham Cook. Um, now, <laughs> so, uh, because I used to talk about, there's this English prophet called Graham Cook and I used to talk about him so much, they decided that was my birthday gift. Um, I actually almost, uh, today I was like, hey, maybe I can find it and wear it. But don't worry, I'm not wearing it, I couldn't find it. Like I said, more information than you wanted to know. But the point is that I, I'm not really, uh, you know, the kind of person who wants to take photos with celebrities. People ask, who would you love to have dinner with? And my question is, are they paying and where are we eating? Um, I'm, I'm really not that guy. But every so often I look at a life that someone lives and I think, where did you come from? I had these two very unassuming, they were studying in Stellenbosch, pastors from Nigeria. And I thought, oh, you guys are nice, you're very sweet, you're very humble. And then one of them one day sent us a text message and said, oh, my, my wife and kids are in the forest running away and Boko Haram has come to our village. No fear, just trusting Jesus. And I thought, you are a hero. And the other one, I was like, oh, you, you're very sweet. And then he told, he started, one day he started telling a story. We had an event and he was telling us, he was giving his testimony. And this was his testimony. When he was 15, Boko Haram came to their village and they, his dad was the pastor of the village and he watched his dad being killed before his eyes and he said, that's why I'm a pastor. Took his place. No bitterness in his heart. This is the most soft-hearted, and I thought, hero. And you hear stories like that and you think, what am I doing with my life? I do. I'm just like... Maybe I need to go into the forests of Sierra Leone somewhere and, and do something great for God. You know, I, 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 ha, I have a couple of friends of mine who have gone to Germany and Brazil to plant churches. When they left, I felt like a Left Behind series. And I thought, okay, I'll do a little something here for Jesus and you'll go and change the world. And those guys, are my, they're my heroes. They're my friends, but they're my heroes. And, uh, but you know what the Bible says about how we should approach people who do amazing things for God? You might be surprised. Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 2 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. I don't know if you notice those words. It's basically saying this. When you see great lives, when you see incredible lives, when you hear stuff and you're like, wow, how can you live like that? Don't go, oh, maybe I need to go and be a missionary in Timbuktu. Some of you guys will be, but um, you go, Jesus, I need to throw off all the junk, all the sin, all the stuff that keeps me from running with passion the race that you've given me. Focuses on your race. It's saying this. You know, the fact of the matter is, Jesus doesn't call all of us to be missionaries out there in the sticks. But you know what he calls all of us to do? He calls all of us to live a life worthy of the blood of Jesus. I'll never forget being at a conference and hearing this guy called Oscar say, are you living a life worth Jesus dying for? And all of us were super convicted. But it's also a tragedy that we go to conferences to hear that message. You know, in my mind, 
That's the basic discipleship message. Are you living a life worthy of Jesus? That's what we should be asking each other. And that's what this message is about. Ephesians 4 verse 1. Incredible verse. And I want you to listen to the urgency of the, of the words of Paul. He says, Therefore I, as a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Do you hear how he caps it off? He's like, he's like I'm pleading with you. I'm begging you. Please live a life worthy of your calling. Then he says, because you have been called by God. In other words, this, your life costs the blood of Jesus. Ultimately, it's this. Success is a wonderful thing. I, I love success. I mean, I, I enjoy winning. There are people in the room more competitive than me, but I always tell people, <laughs> they, some of them are in the front row. Uh, but success will never hit the spot, the deep spot. You always sense, you know why a word, a message on purpose is so powerful? Because deep in us there's this idea that we were, made more than, we were made for more than success. We were made for deep spiritual impact and significance. You know, here's, here's Paul's words. And, and I want you to notice some of the words he uses. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of Jesus Christ. He actually uses the words, he says, he says um, finish the race and complete the task. He's like, I don't care about anything else if only I could do that. There's another place where he says, I have fought the fight I have kept the faith. You know why he uses I have fought the fight? Because you'll never just slide into, into purpose and destiny. You will have to fight for it. Do you know why so many people don't walk in destiny? Walk in the purpose that God has got for them? The reality is it's hard. It requires fight. It really does. And so this message is kind of like one of those messages which... I am praying that you don't hear this like a, a motivational speech, because it's not. I'm not the motivational speech kind of guy anyway. I'm not the, hoo, 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 let's dance, let's... I, I, but what I, what I am hoping to do is this. Maybe some of you guys are. You wake up every day and you, 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 you have a sense of what Jesus is doing, and you are like, Jesus, thank you that I get to walk in your calling, and you're walking that out. For you, I'm just, I, just, I just get to be a cheerleader and say, it's worth it. A sense of calling and living in the calling that Jesus has for you, it is so worth it. Keep going. But, but I also sense that the others here, maybe you need a bit of a mid-course correction. Maybe, you, maybe, maybe you, you started out walking with this sense of, I know what God has called me for and I'm running hard, but maybe you've drifted a little bit. Maybe you've gotten a little bit comfortable and you've gone, maybe just a good job, a good house, some cute kids, and, uh, you know, and maybe I'll, 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 I'll volunteer, but at Sunday school is enough for me. Friends, it's not. It's not enough. And this is not a do more. This is a, from the heart of the Father, you are made for more. And then there's a third group. Maybe you haven't thought much about personal destiny. Maybe, you, maybe you're like, oh, wow, I should think about this. Here's short, simple advice. 
Do everything you can to figure out why you're here and throw everything you can into it. Desire to live well for Jesus. Desire to use your gifts, your calling, your purpose, and pour it out for Jesus. It's worth it. So let me, let me ask some pointed questions. I'll, I'll eyeball you. Because you know, you know this, is, this is the thing. I, I remember, I'll eyeball you now so that when Jesus eyeballs you in future, I'll say you were warned. That's, that's half a joke. But, but do, do you guys realize this? The Bible says that we will all appear before Jesus. Those eyes are fire. And he'll smile and be warm, but he'll say, how did you do? Did you live it out? Did you take all the beautiful things that I had for you to do? And did you live them to the max? So, me eyeballing you. I'm not talking to the person next to you, but to you. Has anything swayed you from your course that you were called to do? Question. Have you settled halfway and decided that the cost is too much? Have you? Have you allowed discouragement or bitterness to cause your passion to dim? Have repeated sins made you feel like you're disqualified from running in the, in the true purposes of God for you? Or have you just settled? Maybe you used to be a pioneer in your heart. Maybe you were young and idealistic. And you've decided, I'll just settle. I'll be like everyone else. This is a message for you. So I'm going I'm to I'm gonna talk about two quick things. The first one I'll say is live from heaven. Live from heaven. Look at this great verse. It's so simple, and you've probably just glanced over it. But, but what I want, as I read this, think about the implications and let them settle on you. Hebrews 3 verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Did you notice those words? Who share in the heavenly calling. <laughs> That's that's 50 sermons right there, packed into one little phrase. The heavenly calling. Do you know, here's, 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 a, here's a summary of that statement. You, your identity, is far more than the sum of the physical things about you. Do you realize that what this means is that someone might meet Mark, someone might meet Christina, but long before your parents got together and decided to make you. God had you in his mind. He had thought about how you were going to live. He had thought about the purpose, the calling. He had thought about your wiring. He had thought about your personality. He had thought about the things that would happen in your life. Do you know, this, this idea of a heavenly calling is absolutely beautiful news if perhaps you were the member of the family who was insignificant. You know, if you're, if you're an introvert, sometimes the world seems to happen to you. I know. But, 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 but here's, here's what a verse like this means. It's completely intentional, and it's a setup for the purpose of God. Some of you guys, you look at your history and you think, okay, I can't think of a single time I was outstanding in my life. Do you know what this heavenly calling means? 
there's a greater story about you than what you thought. Guys, again and again, you know this, this question of identity, you hear it in church so often, right? But, but the reason why we should take it seriously is because everything that we do and everything that we live out will be determined by our identity. It, it really will be. You know, I, 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 as I share about identity, I often remember story after story. I, faces come to my mind. There was one, there was one girl. I, I, I actually, I don't know if I said this to her. I said it to someone close to her while she was listening. But I used to call her the train wreck. Not good. I was, I was young and I was... But, but, but this girl was stunning. She's the kind of person, you know, even, you come and stand with her. She's talking to your husband, even if you trust your husband just in case. She was standing gorgeous, drop-dead gorgeous. But the, the same pattern used to happen again and again. She would get close to a guy, and, uh, and then she would run for the hills. Because in her heart of hearts, even though she was standing on the outside, she felt ugly on the inside. And she felt like if she got close, people would see it. If only, that she, if only she knew that she was even more beautiful on the inside than she was on the outside. Or maybe you guys know about, you know, successful failures. People who are so, so successful, but constantly hanging over their life is this sense that my failure is actually going to catch up with me. Maybe I got here by luck and it's all going to fall apart. And you know, from that, there's this thing. The reality is, what we need is to eavesdrop on what heaven is saying about us. Do you know that in heaven you're spoken about? There's conversations about you. There's not just conversations about the person next to you. There's conversations about you. I, I love the story of Gideon. So God calls Gideon to do some amazing things. And Gideon is understandably nervous. So God gives him this, this advice. <laughs> I love the advice. He says, go over to the enemy camp and listen. Huh? So Gideon goes over, and he starts eavesdropping on a conversation. And, he's, and they, 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 we had this dream, and this loaf of bread came in and had knocked out the tent. And this is none other than Gideon. And he's like, what? That's me. Have you wondered what the conversation of heaven is about your life right now? I can guarantee you there is one. And many of us will be stunned if we actually listen to what our true story is. You know, you can, you can continue to live out the story of people's expectations, the story of your history, your past. You know, whenever the racial thing comes up, sometimes you can feel like this dooms me to a particular pattern of life. The fact of the matter is heaven's story over you is astonishing. But sometimes we just need to listen. I, 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 was, re I was recently list reading a, a passage of scripture, and this passage of scripture is my life verse. I, I know this because God has said this to me. But I was reading it, and I wasn't like, I was like, oh God, I, I need to be encouraged. And, 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 and then I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me, permission to live this out. And, and I realized that how I had been reading it was, oh, maybe I can be a little bit encouraged here. But this was permission for me to show up in those ways in the world. Do you know that there are scriptures about your life that you need to read and then just live it out? Do you realize that maybe you can be fired from a job, but you can never be fired from your purpose? Because your purpose is given to you by God, and you will succeed in it if you step into it. 
You know you're invincible in what God has called you to do in that sense? Let me just say this as well. It is so much, so, so much more important that we hear what God has to say, say to us than we reason out in the world. You know, I, I love personality profiles. I mean, this, this has been my, my bread and butter since I was maybe like 18. And any group of captive audience I get, I'm like, you are a, a beaver lion. You are a, and I do all these personality things. And so God, was, God has been speaking to me for years about a certain thing. And every time I'm like, I, I know it's him speaking, and I'm like, okay, God. And then I go to those personality things, and I go, okay, this is my personality. And, and then one, one time God, this was at the conference two weeks ago, God spoke to me again, and, he's, and he said this thing, and I, I said, okay, God. And then, you know, how, you know how the Holy Spirit can nudge firmly sometimes? And I got this firm nudge where he said, okay, enough now. Who are you going to believe? And suddenly I was like, oh wow. The whole time I've been like saying, God, I trust you, what, 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 what. But I'd been allowing my mind and my evaluation of my own life to take a word from God and make it ineffective. What words are lying? What prophetic words are lying in your life because you've decided that you know better? Or because you've decided that since your family has said this about you, it has to be the reality. Or if you've decided that, okay, I'm struggling at work with my boss and I'm not being promoted. Maybe the reality is I'm this mid-ranger. Or, 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 or maybe some of you guys are single here and you've decided I'm undesirable. Or maybe, I don't know what it is. You know, even, even when it comes to spiritual things. You know, there's some people who are like, I'm, I'm the B-class person. I won't see healings. I won't see miracles. I won't see prophecies. And here's, here's what Paul says. Paul says, not only do you have a heavenly calling, but you're living from heavenly places. And, and he says, fix your mind on heavenly places because you are seated in heavenly places. Do you know why that is so, so critical? Let's be honest. Let's be honest here. We see the natural world so clearly. So when, when, let's, let's talk about a healing or a prophecy. Someone comes up and... We, we, we recently went to pray with a cancer patient, and I had not expected when we stepped in to see his head slightly swollen. And, his, you know, and, and you look at it in the natural, and all you see is, this can't happen. And you know what the scriptures say? You, yes, you, are more present in the spiritual place than you are in the natural. Not if you pray more you are. This is what God has done in Jesus Christ. He's taken you, and your reality is different from what you think your reality is. Some of us need to hear that. You, you know, so I had, I had a, a, about five, four days ago, five days ago, I was with my a group uh, praying about, about finance because I was like, okay, I need, I need finance. I'm, I'm about to go to Joburg and, and I need finance. And so the guy, the guy said to me, how are you getting to the airport and what, what, what? He said, I see the Lord putting money back in your pocket. And I had planned the money I was going to use to get to the airport. And I, I thought, I mean, I, I believed him. I just didn't see it happening the way it did. The very next day, Mark, who is over there, says, oh, how are you getting to the airport? I want to take you. How are you getting from the airport? I want to bring you back. And then, the later on, I met with, with, with someone, and she said, how are you getting to the airport? I want to take you. This has not happened in all, I mean, I've come up here eight times. This has not happened. The next day, 
Did you guys see the reality of what happens? Your life is in heavenly places. And, and the, the quicker we see that, the better the world starts to respond to who we truly are. Just one believer, one believer who will take this truth and go, I'm going to live this out. God needs one person to agree with him. You. Can I also just say that this, I, I think the enemy, he lost because we think that the most important things he can do are, uh, you know, maybe hit our finances or, or make us sick. Do you know the most important thing he does? He tells you that you have nothing to give. He tells you that God's plans over you are small. He tells you that this, what you're doing, the maintaining is the best that you can do and that really just making it through the day is the best. And he's terrified when a believer actually looks and goes, this stuff is not just stuff they say in church. This is the reality of who I am. This is the most important thing about me. Anyway. Second thing I would say, which really flows from the identity, is be his poetry. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do these good works, which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking parts which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. You know this idea, we are God's workmanship, and it's the word poema. Now if you think about it, just think of God, infinite creativity, right? Sitting, and don't think of just humanity, think of yourself. Think of Andrew, Carol, Tobeka, Sammy, sitting, and just think of God crafting. Do you think God ever makes mistakes? Absolutely not. It's absolutely, he's working with the personality, he's, he's, he's creating a work of art. And you know, you know what's also crazy about this. It says created for good works. In other words, what you are meant to do, you are perfectly designed to do. Do you know, do you know what's I mean, just think about it. And, and it's, it's, it's I love the word poema because it shows the creativity of God that no two people are meant to do the same thing. But the other thing about this is this is quite scary for me is that if you were created to do good works means you'll never be satisfied just towing the line. You'll never be satisfied just living for yourself. You, it's, it's impossible because you were created to, be, to, to delight in doing what God made you to do. And, it, and so it'll, it will flow out of you as you align with what God has for you. You know, you won't have to squeeze it out. The life of God will flow out of you. You know, my mom is 71. Or she'll be 71 in, in, in December. I wonder if she minds me telling everyone her age. But, but this, is, this is what has happened with my mom. And I mean, my mom has done lots of amazing things. She was an incredible mom. But, but she's gotten really serious with Jesus the older she's gotten. So, and now, my mom the other day called me and said to me, Fifi, how do you make sure that you share your faith with people? And I was like... She's like, I really, really want to just chant for Jesus. And, 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 and my mom is doing this. And I thought, this is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And there's so much time for her to do that. I mean, she, she might live to be 100. But what if she had asked when she was 20, when she was 30, when she was 40? And I said to my sister, I said, sis, 
I'm going to do everything I can to help people live in their purpose, realize that God has more for them. Because when they're 70, they'll realize, I wish I had lived fully for God. And you know, there's a, there's a tinge of regret, but there's, it's beautiful because my mom has is, is come on fire. But what if, what if you decided that you would take what God has given you, what God has put in you, seriously today? And, and let, me, let me also just say this, right? It's not just about personality tests and, 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 and oh, this is, how you're, this is your gift, this is your... It's actually about the anointing of God falling on you, the power of God, you see, it's a spiritual thing. The Holy Spirit expressed through you the poetry of God is different from that expressed through Musa. You know, on the day of Pentecost, right? What happened was that every single person experienced tongues of fire, right? Every person. Do you realize that it said all of them? Not one single person was left out. There wasn't little Bob in the corner there who was not, who was, you know, maybe he got a tongue of water. No, tongues of fire on absolutely everyone. That's my hope today. I'm going to pray in a moment, but, but what, I want, what I want to trust is, is for this. You've got everything that you need already in you. And what I'm going to trust is that the Holy Spirit will stir that thing. Some of you guys are going to be like, okay, that whole thing that I was like, I took so quietly and I just, I just kind of thought, oh, this is a little diversion. God has given that to me. Therefore, it's holy and it's precious. And I'm going to live it out. Some of you guys are going to be like, oh, those barriers that I thought were there, those are just smoke screens. I'm going to push through that. Maybe some of you guys, there's been a calling to ministry. For whatever reason you've gone oh, I'll think I'll do something else I'm really praying that you would be in this moment go okay God I'm sorry that I've stooped to being a CEO when you've called me to be a children's pastor friend if God has called you to something God has called you to be a teacher. Please don't become the president. So that's, that's what I want to do. And, and so, if it's okay, this is going to be an ordination service. I'm going to ordain you to the ministry God has called you to. And I'm trusting that you'll sense the empowerment of the Spirit. You don't need to shake or do a a little, you know, bunny dance. But I'm trusting some of you will sense the presence of God settling on you. You'll all of a sudden have a new boldness to walk in that which God has given you because you'll realize it's coming directly from Him, directly from His Father's heart, and it's been prepared for you right from the beginning. Would you guys stand with me? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I, I, we come right now and we remember just like on the day of Pentecost, it says, it says you touched every one of them. 
And this morning, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would touch every one of us. Holy Spirit, I, I pray right now for a, a release of faith to step into calling. I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know that which you've called us to do. Holy Spirit, I pray for the stirring up of gifts right now. Eyes to see. Faith to run. Holy Spirit, I pray for the things that have held us back, those, those things that have tripped us up in the race. I pray for a falling off of heavy burdens, a falling off I pray for a breaking off of barriers. Holy Spirit, ask for a release of your anointing right now. Holy Spirit, would you settle on us? We pray for a release of mantles and callings. Jesus, the call from your voice. Uh, Jesus, I pray that someone even in the, in the night, they would sense you calling them. Jesus, we come against the voice of the enemy. That feeling of unworthiness, we come against it in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, for every person, the sense of significance. The sense of significance, the sense of purpose. The sense of significance, the sense of purpose. The sense of a holy calling. like the Lord is even in this moment washing away a sense of unworthiness and shame. That has, set, that has sought to keep some people from feeling like they can be holy instruments in the hand of the Father. Father, I, I hear you saying over people, you are mine. You are mine. I've always known you. I've always known you. I've always called you. the words permission to be great now greatness doesn't always mean everyone thinks you're wow but greatness means you step into what God has for you thank you Jesus as we close just raise your hands to heaven Do not be drunk with wine, but instead be continuously, ever increasingly, overflowingly filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, more of you as we go from this place. Won't you just ask Him right now, fill me again. How much more will the Father give the Spirit to those who just ask? Fill me again, Lord. Fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again. Those at home, fill me again. Fill me again. We want to be full of you and take you and spill you wherever we go. We receive tongues of fire as we go from this place. We receive a fresh infilling. We receive the anointing in Jesus' name.